Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. On March the 15th, 2015, from Coolidge, Arizona, we welcome you today. It's warm in Arizona. Even the devil fled, and he's used to the heat. Well, we are in Chapter 2 of the book of Acts today. Just a couple of things to bring us up to speed. One thing that I want to emphasize that we talked about last Lord's Day was if you will turn with me to 1 John chapter 5, 1 John chapter 5 and verse 13. Last week we talked about the various various ways that people presume that they can come to an understanding of Scripture or the understanding of of God, but we narrowed it down to the only thing that is stable, that is absolute, objective, are those things that are written. I want to reemphasize that in conclusion of that discussion today from 1 John 5.13. These things I have learned intuitively. Did you all get there? You all following? I'm, I'm using the, the uh, well, yeah, that, well, that's really the Pentecostal version. <laughs> You'll notice that isn't what it says, or I have learned uh, by reason. Or I have, you know, all of that list of things we gave you last week, including nature. You notice he narrows it all down. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know. See, they could have believed in Christ, but what is it that gave them assurance was what was written. Now that's an important, I think, an important distinction, because there are those who just just believe in the name of the Son. But he says, when these things are written to you who already believe, so that now you may know. So how do we know that our belief has any merit is by what has been written. So that you may know that you have eternal life. Our knowledge of eternal life is not in believing that Jesus is the Christ, but that's where it begins. Our knowledge or our assurance is that it corresponds to what is written. 
Got that? Don't forget it. Do you place this in the Bible where this is really talking to us now? And he's talking to the church in particular here. Because he's talking to those who, who have believed, which should include, you know, Jew or Gentile alike. But, um, but even the temptations, how did Jesus deal with the temptations of the devil? In Matthew chapter 4, under the law, he said, in each temptation, he said, I have a feeling, I hear a little voice. That isn't what he said at all. He said, it is written. So, there are many passages that deal with that in in other places too, though, Merwin. But so this is kind of a comprehensive, more comprehensive. Okay. Dave, there's a logical build to this point that you're making, and it was you know, exemplified with me Thursday again when I was working dealing with the customer, started going through the process of a certain problem he was having, and he, what does he say? What does he say? Wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me write this down. And it just hit me again, all over again. Yeah. What? Because he didn't want to trust it to memory. That wasn't good enough. Right. Good. Excellent. Isn't that true? It's absolutely true, and it's a point I've never really thought of, thought of much until recent weeks. When, when, when God establishes a covenant with us, we have assurance because of what is written that there is a covenant and that we can be a participant in that covenant. And if you wanted to think of this in modern legal terms, basically when he's saying it is written, he's saying it's the law. It's the law. It's the law. Yeah. Just like a will. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not arbitrary. It's written. If it's not written, what chances do you have in court? Well, he told me this or that. Well, I had a little boy. Yeah. Right. Always. Uh, last Thursday night, I, I know that we're being recorded, but I want to say this before I forget it. It has nothing to do with the lesson, but it has to do with the text, uh, the technology here. Thursday, Thursday night, Tanya was plugged in, and there was a lot of noise that was very distracting. So if I'm hitting something, you know, it's got to be picked up from somewhere. Uh, you need to tell me, or, you know, motion to me or something, because, you know, I'm not conscious of that. And another thing is that she plugged in before we got recorded, and you can hear everything that's going on. Sure. That was, I was testing microphones. Oh, were you? Yeah. Oh, okay. So. I Oh, you I didn't? I got disconnected right after I got on somehow. That made me watching TV. Did, did you get, were you able to get back on? Got back on. Okay. I didn't have any. Well, see, it, then it may have been something else. I'm, I'm just saying it because I don't know. Sure. I have no, no, I don't have a clue. Okay, let's get back to our lesson now. Hey, Dave? Yes. One of the other things uh, on this that's kind of interesting is that one of the guys I work with, he's Greek Orthodox, 
and uh, we got talking a little bit, and in, in that church, everything is based upon tradition. And that's what they study is the history of their church and its tradition. That takes precedence over anything like this. There's a lot of orthodox groups. Yeah. That's a good point, Mike. And I'm, I'm, that's, um, that was very clear. That's so true. So we just wade through all of the, that list of things we had on the board and come down with the conclusion that we have what we have, and it's written, and we have to go to what is written to really build our confidence in the promises and in God's objective. We have no other way of coming about it and being in agreement so that we are all one, thinking the same way. And that's only possible if we are all using the same avenue the same source of information. There can be no unity if everybody's getting their information in a different way, in a different manner, that doesn't come from the solid rock. Which is why I've never liked commentaries. Yeah. Well, they're just... One man's opinion. One man's opinion. <clears throat> All right, let's go on here. See, we're in, uh, did I say Acts? We're still in Acts here. And, um, well, I had someone bring this up recently, I mean, real recently. Um, But the word, but the Bible is, uh, it may be written, but it's living, which means that we're not really confined to the actual verbiage of it. Well, it means like this. Uh, I have a hog, you know, a pig, and that pig is living. Now, it's living because it has life in it. So what it oinks one day doesn't mean the same thing as what it oinks the next. That's right. (laughs) You're so quick. (laughs) Yeah, you get paid for that? (laughs) Uh, But, you know, if it's always changing... Uh, if it's a pig one day and something else the next day, you know, it turns out to be a chicken the next day. Oh, and now I'm getting hungry. <laughs> I, I've always got room for another slice of bacon and four other and four more eggs. But you see, if it's if it it isn't living, if it's always changing, and so when the word of God is living. It means that the word has life in it. The word has life. That's why James says the implanted word. That means it's the word. It's adject- that, that word is an adjective, and it's the word that's been implanted with life. We don't change it. We don't alter it. It doesn't mean something to you and something else to me. So many of these Bible studies, they get together in their pooling of ignorance. What does this mean to you and what does it mean to you? Well, it means what it says or it doesn't mean anything at all. And the fact of the matter is, as you said, you know, we don't change it. But when we take in the Word and we study the Word and we, we think on the Word, it changes us. Because it's living. That's right. It has life in it. <clears throat> and it's the thing that 
feeds because it's the tool of the spirit. It's what feeds our spirit and makes our spirit like God's spirit. So it's very important that we understand this. It is written. Why is it that the words that we read touch us in that way when words that we hear don't? Well, they could. If you're hearing through the ear the things that are written, then it's going to have the same effect. And that's said in Romans 10. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by that which is written. Yeah. Romans 10, 17. It says, by the word of God. Yeah, in Romans 1, or John 1, 13, and the word, and the word became flesh. Right. Who wrote it? when and why and these things that we've been studying and oh, then re sure. and then really, you know, just realizing that while you're reading it, coming to that understanding, it's deeper. You always have to understand who he's writing to. Because that may not change the truth of what he is saying, it may change the application of what is said. See the difference? Okay. Now <clears throat> what we're entering into with chapter 2 of the book of Acts, uh, as I have said in countless other beginnings to this study, nothing has ever begun, has ever been begun, started like this. Nothing before this time and nothing after this time. It is unique. And we have chapter 10, we have something similar, but not, not uh, as it is here in chapter 2. <clears throat> so here we have Luke 24, 47, that you guys, you go to Jerusalem, you stay put, just like he told the disciples in chapter 1 of Acts, you stay put because out of Jerusalem will begin what? Remember Luke twenty four forty seven. I think that's the right passage. What does it say? Who can tell me? For what will begin out of Jerusalem? No. What? No. No. Luke twenty four. Maybe I'm not giving you the right passage. Beginning in Jerusalem. Uh, I didn't didn't hear that. Yeah, oh, there we go. Okay, now we got it. And that repentance for forgiveness of sin should be proclaimed in his name to all the nations. Now we have introduced not just the Jews to whom the rest of the book was written, but now we have a time and an event that's going to include whom? The Gentiles as well as the Jews. And it's going to begin where? Jerusalem. Don't forget it, folks, that repentance for forgiveness of sins begins in Jerusalem, not with John the Baptist, not with Jesus, but it begins with the apostles in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost. Now, I would ask a couple of questions on that. Initiation of the Christian Church? Yes. That's right. Exactly. 
Now, can one be saved, or better yet, can one then be forgiven apart from the results of the activities of what's going to happen in Acts chapter 2? Can one be forgiven apart from these events? or the results of these events. Oh, there's the key. Might get around. Well, Alex is suggesting that if you can somehow tap into government reserves, you can probably escape uh, the right answer to that question. Why not? It works for Detroit. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so what what I, I want to reinforce then that one cannot be forgiven apart from what takes place here in Acts chapter two, or the results of what takes place here in Acts chapter two and chapters uh, and chapter ten, uh, particularly to the Gentiles there. But the foundation is laid here in Acts chapter two. Now, if one cannot be forgiven apart from these events, or let me start over again, because you weren't with me anyhow. If one can be forgiven apart from the events of Acts chapter 2, then why do we need Acts chapter 2? Oh, that was quick. We have no need for it at all. At all. Or anything else. All the promises. That's right. So, you don't know what you've just told me. Is that you don't believe in this idea that somehow you can be saved by inviting Jesus as a personal Savior. Apart from these events that take place in Acts chapter 2. And folks, that's what all the Protestantism teaches and preaches and they are all equally wrong. I went into the King James uh, Concordance. This is not true with the New American Standard, but in the King James, they have no word translated personal. And in... So, you know, since most of these religions talk about a personal Savior, which means that you can have Jesus apart from what takes place in Acts chapter 2. See, that's not what they say, but that's what it means. They have to mean that. So don't get caught in that trap. Savior, then he's personal to me, and he may be personal to Alex. Uh, but that doesn't mean it's going to be the same personal that uh, brain just completely faded out. That's the same person that somebody else experiences. I'm basically saying that it can be a different experience for each individual. Oh, okay. That's what. And that's that's the that's the key to subjectivism. We I call it subjectivism. There's got to be a better term, and I don't I haven't discovered it yet. But <clears throat> subjectivism is that we we can invite Jesus to me, and He will come to me, and all of this other stuff is nice, but it doesn't mean anything. 
Can you imagine that? Well, Dave, I also see it like this. Merwin can like Chevrolet. That's his personal favorite. He loves Chevrolet. But is Chevrolet in existence to build cars for Merwin? Or is Merwin Chevrolet's focus for production? You don't know. It might be. <laughs> but I doubt it. Don't you, Merwin? No, because I altered it. He altered it. That's what everybody does who believes that. They, have, they assume the right to change the product. Yeah, and that's a much smaller focus than what we're talking about here, but it's equally as ludicrous. Yep. Now, that comes down to everyone has an individual responsibility, a personal individual responsibility to bring themselves into what it is God accomplished in Acts chapter 2. You see that? But we want to get we want to get all of the process kind of out of the picture because that that cloud that that uh, clouds the issue to denominationalism that like to have it subjective rather than objective. And we're going to be dealing with that. That's one of the last things that I want to deal with in my life is to is to establish that from a full biblical perspective that we have to be in the place that God designed and brought into being in order to be a participant of his blessings, beginning with Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. It tells us that we have to be where? Because he's talking about the same thing in Acts chapter 2 as what takes place back in the promises. In, in what is it in, in Genesis 12? Uh, I think uh, verse maybe 3, uh, that in whom all the nations will be spoken well of. In Abraham. So right away, we have a mindset that it's a place where we have to be. And so that's what, and then of course the book of Galatians explains that question. We are in Abraham when we are in Christ. As many as have been baptized into Abraham, I mean into Christ, uh, are a part of Abraham, uh, a, a, a part of Abraham, and are therefore the recipients of the promise made to Abraham. Ah, see, that's what we we don't like that it it, it muddies the water. Hey, David. Yes. Hey, I, I just got to interrupt here. We, we we gotta leave, so we're not leaving because we're mad yet. You know that might have come, but. Uh, we're leaving happy. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. So we'll see Thank you guys you, next Sunday. Hi. <clears throat> so, one cannot be forgiven apart from the results of what is accomplished in Acts chapter 2. So we we need to remember that. And that nothing, 
Nothing that God has done, including creation, is equal to the accomplishment of Acts chapter 2. And you see, because we don't see it that way, is no reflection on what it is God has done. It's a reflection on how we view it. And we need to get our acts together on that. So let's begin with chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. Whew. Is everything clear? You may not agree with what we've said, but um, I'm in. I just work off of the. I'm, I'm with Dan there. I, you know, I don't use any commentaries normally. Um, I'm just using the interlinear here, <clears throat> and of course you have it up here. The folks who are listening in don't have the advantage of that. Uh, that's a shame, and there are questions that sometimes people have that I can't deal with because I don't know they're asking them. What was that? It's available to them, though. Oh, is it? I've even seen some pieces and places on the Internet. I haven't listened to it too deeply, but you can pull up any any version any version of the Bible you want. I imagine there's some way to look. So there may be ways they can do it. It's just whether or not, you know, they have the savvy. It could be difficult to navigate. I, yeah. I don't know. Okay. Exactly. So, when here they get a hold of because there's so many different variations on them. So at least here we all are looking at the same one, and it seems to be the same as what I have. So in chapter 2, verse 1, and when the day of Pentecost, which is dated from what event? Be careful. The Passover feast. So who is our Passover? Jesus Christ is our Passover. But 50 days after the Passover, was call, it was called the day of Pentecost, which means 50, 50 days. <clears throat> Penta, uh, Pentateuch means five, Pentecost. Um, What's that? I thought it cost five. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, that means there's no question about what day it was on. You know, they weren't, it wasn't, um, it was fully developed. That day was fully developed. Everybody knew that it was fully developed. Takes away all of the the conjecture that might take place. They, They were all with one place. They... Now, who is the they, according to verse 26, we have the antecedent. Verse 26, and he was added to the 11 apostles, making a total of 12. And now there is your antecedent. Who is the they in verse 1 of chapter 2? The 12 apostles. Now, every time we come to that they, unless there is a change in the antecedent, who does it refer to? And there's not another church in town that will tell you that. So don't you all forget it. Dare to be different. More than likely, it's better to be dare to be right. There's no virtue in being different if you're not right. So 
the day the the day of Pentecost was fully come, and they were all with one accord. They, the apostles, the antecedent is found in verse twenty six. They, the apostles, the twelve, they were all with one accord. I got to change. In one place. Is that in or is that on? I, I, I was just looking here. I'm, yeah, on, um, they, they were all together upon, or all, all together, uh, how, how, does it, how does it say there? With one accord upon the place. And there's another way they've translated epi. All right, now let's go on to verse 2. And suddenly, now as always in the Bible, things that are near mean far away. Things that are quick means really slow. All of those words, uh, all of those words somehow take on a different meaning. So therefore, it says suddenly, it means in a very sluggish, non-violent way, right? You know, why don't we just use our common sense when things says, it, you know, near, it means near, and when it says quickly, it means quickly, and it means that in, in, in agreement to its context. And here, suddenly, what do you think about when you think of suddenly? Quick. Quick. <clears throat> and kind of out of, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, except it's not out of nowhere, it's out of what? Out of heaven. From heaven, or actually the word is ek, it means out of heaven. So out suddenly out of heaven, a what? All right. Just a sound. That's, that's the same word for trumpet, isn't it? Same word what? For, for trumpet. Um, you know, I'm not. I'm not sure. We can look that up real quick and see. I think. I don't think so. I think there's another word that's uh, when they sounded. Mm-hmm. I think the word is different word in Revelation than it is here. Um, and this word, this this word has the idea that it is so loud, it's dehabilitating. It's like a state. It's it's not harmony. It's not harmonious. It's a vicious, confusing. Something people from the Midwest would be familiar with. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I want you to keep in mind this idea here now of a a a sound. Now, look at look at the look at the um, a sound is in what gender? Because anything that agrees with sound. 
Okay, it's in the masculine gender, and it is a noun. And in this case, uh, it's in the nominative, nominative, or the it's the subject of the sentence, a sound. A sound. So all that we've seen so far is subjected to this. This is a sound, and it is the subject. And now he's going to describe it. What's this sound like? How many miles an hour? They, that island got hit in the Pacific this week and had winds up to, what, 157 miles an hour? Yeah, that was, that was uh, the one just north of uh, New Zealand. Yeah, yeah. That's that's violent. They're expecting another one. Are they? This week. The... Um, Very, very quickly here, this first part of Acts, these, these first few chapters, whatever, this is Peter penning this, correct? No, oh, Luke. Luke, sorry, yeah, okay. Luke, okay, and, and throughout the book of Acts, there are a lot of times where he makes a personal reference okay. to himself. <clears throat> Luke does. So this is his descriptive process here. Right. The doctor. That's right, Dr. Luke. So suddenly there came a sound, or a sound came. Where did it come from? Out of the heaven, a violent wind, it says in the Greek, Violent wind. Is there a light in the Greek? Well, the word as is the word like as, like as. So he's not saying it was a wind, did he? He's saying it is the sound was like a wind. So what is the wind doing? is simply describing the sound. It wasn't wind at all. Things weren't blowing all over the place. No. It was just using it to describe the sound, not the force. Somebody from the Midwest would be familiar with who's ever been through a tornado, right? You can hear it. You can hear it. As a as a violent wind and that sound filled all the house. There was no escape. It was loud, it was violent. And it was overwhelming. So it filled all the house where they were sitting. Now, what was it that filled all the house where they were sitting? This is important, folks. 
the sound, the noise, the sound. In Luke chapter 4, Luke chapter 4, and verse 37, and we'll need to see this in the Greek as well. I think this is the only other place where that word is used. Notice how they translated it here. Now, don't don't put me to the test of that, but I think there are only two places this word for sound is used, and I'm thinking this is the other one. Yeah, that's it right there. You got it. Okay. A cos. See? Right there. 4.37. Luke 4.37. And went out the fame of him. You, you notice how they've translated exactly the same word here? What's that? Same parsing. It's exactly the same word. Yeah, masculine, singular, nominative. The fame. Or report. How many of you have report? Some of you have report? Yeah. Okay, in, in Luke 4, 37? Yeah. And um, it's kind of like when you hear the rapidity of a rifle fire. We call that a report. You understand? Have you heard? That can be used as a report. And this here his fame went out like a report, like the rapid fire of a rifle shooting. That's the same word that he uses to, that they've translated sound from um, <clears throat> in our text. I don't, I don't think we have a, um, we don't need to look it up, but I think those are the only two places that that word is used. It's interesting that in Luke 4 uh, and uh, chapter 14, they use the same thing about the report went out from him. In fact, there's a cross-reference in my Bible about it, but it's a different word. Uh, which one is that? Um, 4.14. and Jesus... Um, he returned in power of the Spirit of Galilee and reports about him went out through all the country. And fame there. Yeah, that... Uh, uh, fame Totally different word, isn't it? Word. But translated the same. But in this case, both of them are cross-referenced to each other. Which I haven't figured out why they're cross-referenced as different words. Yeah. I wouldn't have any reply to that. I, have, I just don't know why they would do that. I think that the two verses that we have, the one in Acts chapter 2, verse 2, and the one in Luke 4, are the only two places that word is used. If somebody finds it different than that way, correct me. But anyway, here you you see this a word that is a word with a huge definition to it. Let's go back to four. Uh, let's go back to our text and the word, and go back to your definition of that um, right there. Twenty-two um, of uncertain affinity, a loud or confused noise, a roar. 
And it, it seems to me like um, in the uh, the Luke text, uh, that's how it went out from what Jesus was saying. It went out loud and clear. His his message went out, but it was so so different than how people thought. It appeared to them as totally total confusion. Folks, whenever you are confused and have embraced things that are not true, and then you have the opportunity to hear the truth, it will often sound as if the truth were confused. And I think that's why the word is used in Luke 4:37. Does that make any sense at all? It was loud to those people. It was not what they had expected. It was not what they were expecting to hear. And what he was taught, the thing that was reflecting all that he did uh, to the people who the term is applied to there, um, it was overwhelming to them. So here we have the same kind of thing. This thing was just simply astounding overwhelming to this people. So what was it, folks, once more again, what was it that came into that room where they were sitting? Now, when anyone ever talks to you about the tongues, glossolalia, you make sure they describe the sound that they heard when they what they claim was tongue speaking took place. Because how can you have this event duplicated if you don't have the sound? See my point? People don't have the sound today like that. Because the event isn't valid. And look at all the people who are caught up in the charismatic movement, wanting to speak in tongues. Where's the sound that accompanied it and opened the door? Because the purpose of the sound here was to create a confusion, a complexity of noises that was going to be resolved by the people hearing a language that they understood and thus they could hear in harmony. See that? That's the most important thing we've said all morning, (laughs) I think. Back to Echoes real quick. Uh, There's another place that that word is used. Echoes, yeah. It's in uh, Luke 21.25. Luke 21.25. And there will be signs in sun and moon and stars, and on the earth, distress of nations in perplexity because of the roaring of the seas and waves. And this is where it's translated, roaring. Okay. Uh, what verse is that? 25. 21.25. 21.25. 21.25. All right, all right. So there is translated roaring. Yeah. You see... That's why I'm suggesting to you that this room was filled with this roaring. 
All of these sounds. It's aggressive, and, and, and in that case, it was suddenly. And right suddenly. Bang. Yeah. Loud, roaring. Everything to put people ill at ease. Because it's reflecting the condition of all the people to whom Peter is going to be speaking to in just a moment. And we're going to have to leave you there. <laughs> like a nail biter. <laughs> <laughs> Let's pray. Father, your word is continually endearing. It is so vibrant and so living. We are so thankful for the life that is found in the scriptures, those things that are written, that we can read and understand and grasp, and then using those things to formulate our response to you. May each one of us who are gathered together today, either here in the room or in distant places, be adhering to what is written, to what is true, and be true to it. In Christ's name we pray, amen.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.